Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith Following Jesus Christ means that you will encounter trials that you never would have had you not followed Him. Enlisting in God's army guarantees you that you will face trials that you never would have. Abraham, he wouldn't meet these big, imposing Canaanites, threatening the promise, had he not followed God. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and By following Christ, we'll introduce into our lives problems that would not have been there otherwise. The world will not understand the morals that a Christian will seek out. The world will not understand the selflessness a Christian will live by. Pastor Ed tells us today that because Abraham went where God asked him, he ran into Canaanites. The Canaanites could easily have killed him, but through his faith in God, he was fearless. Through God, we will find trials, but with him, they will become adventures. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. Genesis chapter 12, beginning to read with verse 4. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions that they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Do you remember when you were first saved? Remember when you first accepted Christ? I could remember like it's... Yesterday, even though it's not. I remember first coming to Christ and being saved. And I had all these thoughts of what the Christian life would be like. All of these expectations of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Man, was I surprised. I tell you, it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be like. Then I went off to Bible college, and I was all excited about being with these spiritual people at Bible college. And when I got there, oh, man, was I surprised. Well, I said, when I become a youth pastor, I couldn't wait. It's going to be absolute. Well, it wasn't what I quite thought. Well, you, you know the rest of the story, but 
maybe you're there too, or you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. This journey of faith that we all take. We encounter trials that challenge our faith. When I read this text in Genesis chapter 12, verses 4 to 9, immediately I think about what Abraham encountered, the trials that came into his life. God spoke to him, Abram, go to a land that I'll show you. Now, I don't know all that he expected, but I can imagine him telling his wife, his nephew, his family, his God told us we're going to go to Canaan. It's going to be great. Well, look what the text says. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree Morah at Shechem. At that time, Canaanites were in the land. Canaanites were there. This was the promised land. He's at his destination. He goes to this great tree by Morah. Oftentimes, the Canaanites would worship under large trees. And they would set up their idol altars. They would have divinations at that place. And and there Abram is going, and to his surprise, what does he see? Big, imposing Amorites standing around. Perhaps worshiping the gods that the people in Canaan worshipped. What a surprise to Abraham. They were standing right there. Had his faith been weak, he would have felt like grasshopper in their sight. Had his faith been frail, he would have said, maybe I need to turn around and go back to Haran or go back to the era of Chaldeus. How will these promises ever be fulfilled in my life? One thing about following God and underlying this, it's filled with surprises. It is. The Christian life, if you live it, is never dull. It's always surprising. There's this imposing figure standing, as it were, at the door of the land. It's as if this Canaanite were saying, Hath God really sat? Everything at that moment seemed to challenge Abraham's decision to follow God. Have you ever been there? Have you ever walked that side of faith? We encounter unexpected trials in the Christian life. We're told this in 1 Peter 4.12. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trials you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. These early Christians that Peter was writing to were absolutely taken back. They were bewildered. They didn't realize that following Jesus Christ meant that they were going to walk into a war zone. Their neighbors turned against them. Their own family ostracized them. They were persecuted. Their goods were taken and confiscated from them. Is that what following Jesus Christ means? Trials? 
wait a minute, wait a minute, pastor. Let me go into the promise box. Okay, let's go. Let's take a promise out. How about the Gospels? John 15, 20. Remember the words I spoke to you? No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Wait, wait, put that back in the promise box. Let's go to the epistles. Let's, let's get some. All right, well, let me try John once more. John sixteen thirty three. I have told you these things so that you might have peace. I, I like that. In this world, you will have trouble. All right, let, let, let's take another promise. Uh, how about James? Consider it pure joy. That sounds good, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Hmm. Following Jesus Christ means that you will encounter trials that you never would have had you not followed him. Enlisting in God's army guarantees you that you will face trials that you never would have. Abraham, he wouldn't meet these big, imposing Canaanites threatening the promise had he not followed God. Paul walked out in faith, listening to that heavenly calling, responding to God. And what happens to him? Shipwreck, being stoned, poverty, trouble. Wait a minute, preacher. This is not the message I hear on television. Maybe they're preaching from another book. Or maybe they're reading into a book something that isn't there. Canaanites, there in the land, facing Abraham, as it were, challenging the promises of God. You come and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And you go back and you tell your husband. He's not that excited about it. And soon you're uncomfortable going to that movies that you used to go to, that you enjoyed so much. Some of those scenes just bother you. You, you can't enjoy them the way you once did. And those old friends... That conversations, the things they talk about, it just doesn't set right. And your spouse winds up saying to you, you know, ever since you became one of those religious people, you're just not the same. It's hard living with you. Oh, God, I don't understand. I, I gave my life to you, and I, I'm following you now, and... It seems like at home things are a little more distant than they once were. My children don't even understand me. When you follow Jesus Christ, you will encounter trials that you never would have had you not said yes to following him. Abram is suddenly brought into trials that challenge his faith. Yesterday, we had a wonderful time. I went off with the executive committee and some other board members and, and uh, to look at a church in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. Brother Costin showed us this beautiful building. The church had grown in 13 years from 200 to 2,000. Incredible. 
We sat around the boardroom and just enjoyed talking to him. And in the conversation, he told us of one of those Canaanites. They were in contract to sell their old facility and to build a brand new facility. And they were three or two months away from getting into that facility. And the person who had contracted with them to buy their old church for $2.6 million, suddenly something happened and they couldn't buy it. They were in danger of losing that new facility or perhaps going bankrupt. They prayed, and someone came, and they said, we'll give you the $2.6 million, but they didn't want to sell it to them because they felt that what that organization stood for would not promote the gospel. And so, Brother Pastor Costin said to his board, this is a test. The bank put pressure on them to enter into contract, but he said, no, no, we'll make the payments double as they are. And and they were able to reach out to an African-American church and rent the facility. And one year later, that African-American church bought that facility for $2.6 million. They passed the test. In your own life, in your own walk with God, you're going to be tested again and again. Whether you really believe God, whether you really take him at his word, whether you walk out in faith. See, the problem is not that we don't get revelation from God. Oh, he speaks and he speaks in abundance. But the problem with us is that simply we don't walk in that faith and in that revelation. Are we walking in what God has said and shown us individually and corporately? Abram decided at that point, I'm not turning back. I'm not going back. I'm going forward. I'm going forward in what God has shown me. Some of you here are at that juncture in your life. There's a Canaanite in the land. And you're tempted to turn back. It seems as though the promises, it seems as though what you believe God said to you for your family or for yourself, it's threatened by that circumstance, that physical condition or that circumstance in your life. Walk in faith. Walk in the revelation of his truth. Don't turn around. Believe God. God will prove himself faithful. Someone has said, each morning puts a man on trial, and evening passes judgment. Each morning puts a man on trial, and each evening passes judgment. As you go through the day, God tries your faith again and again and again. Paul the Apostle could say, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to that heavenly vision. King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to what you showed me. What's God shown you? What's he spoken to you about? We'll walk in faith in that revelation. Now, on our own, we can't do it. But again and again, I find this in Scripture. God reveals himself to us. And his presence 
sustains and strengthens and supports us. An encounter with God enables us to face trials. Look at verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abram. And he said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar to the Lord. In verse 6, he sees the Canaanite. In verse 7, God appears to him, comes to him in this moment, this hour of need. Again and again, God does that. God is saying to Abram, don't fix your eye on the Canaanites. Fix your eyes on me. Don't fix your eyes on the circumstances that surround you. Because they will grow. And you'll see God through your circumstances rather than seeing your circumstances through God. And there's a big difference. God visits us at times to give us strength for the journey. There are times that you feel absolutely all alone. There are times in the Christian walk you feel like you're on an island by yourself. Well, take the passage of Scripture and take Paul's words when he said, at my first offense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Ah, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Uh, That passage of scripture was underlined in Elsie Kassmeyer's Bible. I was looking through all the passages of scripture. She went home to be with the Lord just several weeks ago. And I looked at that Bible and all of these promises underlined, passages underlined. God doesn't leave you alone. When he calls you and he brings you out of darkness and he sets you on your way, he he doesn't suddenly disappear. No, no. He walks with you. Even though at times you are unaware of his presence. Even at times when you don't know he's there. And there in Abram's life, God appears to him. What we need is the presence of God. What we need is God's presence in our lives. And that's why in our services we pray, and there are people praying now, God, come and visit with this people. Let them sense your presence. Let them know that you are here because it's God's presence that strengthens us. Suddenly Abraham has this encounter with God and his vision of God overcomes his vision of the Canaanite and it's a vision of God that's going to help you overcome all the obstacles and trials and troubles and the things that you face. I like the way Oswald Chambers said it. God is not a supernatural interferer. God is an everlasting portion of his people. When a man born from above begins his new life, he meets God at every turn. Hears him in every sound, sleeps at his feet, wakes to find him there. Page back through your journals. Go back in your memory. Can you remember those times that God met with you and spoke to you? Maybe it was through his handmaiden or through his servant. Maybe it was through a divine encounter. But don't forget those. Hold on to them. Treasure those. Take those back out again. And renew your vision of God. 
Our encounter with God enables us to face trials. Now, I, I see something else in this text as you look at verse 8. We express a life that demonstrates our faith. If you believe it, and you really believe it, you can't hide it. You're going to live it. If you look at Genesis 12, 8, it says there, From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. Now, you've you got to think about where Abraham was coming from, the Earl of Chaldeas. They had state-of-the-art buildings there. They were good home builders there, brick, ornate, wonderful stonework. And suddenly, he's living in a tent, traveling from place to place to place. Why did God do that? God was, I believe, showing the generations that would follow after him that this world is not our home. We're only passing through. Now, the New Testament writer of the book of Hebrews looks back to the Old Testament occasion of Abram living in a tent, and he makes this commentary found in Hebrews 11.9. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger and in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Faith makes us strangers in this present world. To be a stranger means you're a resident alien. You're a foreigner. Somehow, we feel that if we could just get enough things around us, we'll have security. We have this nesting instinct. We want to build our nest around us. Oh, here's some memorabilia from my past. Here's some treasures from this present world. Here's something else. And we just want everything so comfortable. The problem is God is constantly pulling that nest apart on you and saying, no, no, you're meant to fly through this world. You're not meant to make this world your residence. You're not meant to live in this world. You're just meant to pass through this world. Faith makes us strangers in this present world. I was reading about a story of Christians traveling through the Middle East. And they heard about a wise, devout follower of Jesus. And they knew this man for his spirituality was well known in that community. And they decided, we want to stop and visit him. So they stopped at his home and they noticed that it was very simple. There was a rough cot, a chair, a table. There was a battered stove for heating and cooking. And the visitors were actually shocked to see how few earthly possessions he had. And one just blurted out and said, uh, well, where's your furniture? And this aged saint replied, where's yours? <laughs> the visitors spurted out, why at home, of course, I don't carry it with me. I'm traveling. <laughs> And the old Christian said, so am I, so am I, so am I. Are you traveling through or are you setting up your residence here? Uh, Abraham had no foundations, as it were, in this world. He looked for a city whose foundation was in heaven. That's where we ought to be setting our eyes, setting our goal towards What's this life about? The work that we're involved in? The uh, things that we do? Well, 
John Ruskin said it well. The highest reward for man's toil is not what he gets for it, but what he becomes by it. As we walk through the life of Abraham, we ultimately see that God did indeed fulfill every promise. Even though Abraham was very old and his wife had been barren for years and years, God's will could not be prevented from happening. The promised child was born and the nation of Israel began. Abraham followed God's directions even when it didn't make any sense. And his faith stands out as a shining example to us today. Even when life around you doesn't make sense, God's purposes can't be stopped. He'll do everything he's promised. We hope these messages have been encouraging to you also as you journey along this life with the Lord. We love bringing the word to you, but we know that life is meant to be done in community with others. Are you plugged into a local church? If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area, we'd love to see you at Faith Assembly. Our services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. You can find out more on our website, buildinginfaithradio.com, or give us a call at 845-462-5955. We'd love to talk with you about any questions you have or walk through what it means to give your life to Christ. That number once again is 845-462-5955. That's all we have time for today. We pray you step forward in faith, leaning on God to provide all you need along the way. Join us again on Building in Faith Radio to learn more about the life of Abraham with Dr. Ed Jones. Your word restores.